here comes a bag of tricks, or tools, if you will, that you can learn, put them under your belt, and improve all kinds of interactions with other people significantly. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This episode is for everyone who's interested in ideas and practical tools to develop the most useful skills for yourself and for the people you care about. This will be one of the more practical episodes. This is something that I want to put in each and every episode that I make. But in this one there will be practically nothing else. So, this is a collection of ideas on psychology as applied in different situations where we deal with people, where we can influence those around us in positive ways, hopefully. Because every psychological trick that you can learn is a tool. And it's one thing that you can do for good or for not so good. So, I've learned that all that we can learn about psychology comes with sort of a clause attached to it, an unspoken agreement to use it for good. Because with more power that you gain when learning about how people work and what makes them tick, with power comes responsibility. So let's go through a few psychological tricks that you can use in constructive ways that can make a difference in your life and those that you can influence. The first one is, let's call it, memorize the strange. This is something that I commonly use while teaching language. Because I have learned that anything that stands out, anything that is weird in particular, is much easier to remember. When you're learning a language and you want to learn a word, that you have not heard before, such as astonish, for example. When I was learning that word back at school, I would take a look at the word, break it apart, find the root of it, and do something crazy with it. So that, for example, I would imagine a person turned to stone, astonished. And once I did that, it was impossible for me to ever forget the word. This is something that I always do with anything I want to remember. I let my imagination roam wild and just create any kind of image. The crazier, the better. It shouldn't be logical, it's just strange, unusual, bizarre. The first crazy idea you get will stick. When you're trying to memorize names, you can attach the name to any specific feature of the person that is unusual, or anything that you want to remember. Because emotions help us remember things. And the more unusual, the easier it is to remember. The more impossible, really, it is to forget. So that's one. Another trick is framing. And this one has to do with what do we put emphasis on when we are talking about something. For example, if you want to buy something, let's say you're selling a product and it's something sweet that people know that they should not buy. There are two basic ways to frame 
let's say, the sugar or fat content, you can say that this product contains 5% fat. Or you can say that it is 95% fat-free. Now, of course, the two mean exactly the same, but the way it is framed will cause people to be less or more likely to buy it. Because if you talk about fat or sugar, it'll discourage a lot of people who would buy it if you said that it is 95% free of sugar or fat. You can say exactly the same thing using different words, and the result you get will be very different. And these are the things that companies that sell products have a very good grasp of, because knowing those differences literally makes them millions. Another one is the certainty effect. People will react to how certain you appear to be when you are giving them some information. They will take over that feeling, so that when you appear uncertain about a project or something they should do, they will become much more uncertain themselves. But if you appear to be sure of yourself, they will be much more likely to act, even to their own detriment, so that if people seem to be too easygoing, you might put emphasis on possible danger that is connected to the situation, because their attitude will likely change. Certainty has more of an effect than actual knowledge. If you lead people, most people will follow. This is a very basic principle, but incredibly powerful one. One that explains why people do crazy things that people in power or seemingly in power ask them to do. This is something we can't explain or rationalize with reason. You can only understand the emotion or not. Another one has to do with giving feedback. And this is about the passive voice. For example, if a worker did not do a very good job, you do not say, you didn't do this right. Even though that would be better than to say you're sloppy, still, it is a judgment of sorts. So what you do instead is you say, this was not done right. You take the person out of the equation. Or even, this is not right. It's not a judgment on the person. By the way, whenever you're giving feedback, if the feedback is good, or the part of it is good, you say something positive about the character of the person, as in, you're really diligent. I like how hardworking you are, how responsible. But if it is negative, you do not use a character trait. You only talk about the act. And you try to take the person out of the equation. This was not done right. Followed by constructive ideas on how to do better. Now, another one is about suggesting an option. For example, if there is something another person doesn't want to say, you can help them by suggesting it. For example, if you work with somebody who seems really tired, but they wouldn't say it, you can ask, are you okay? Are you tired? Giving people the option 
spelling it out makes it much easier to admit something they don't want to admit. Also, it makes you much more empathetic in their eyes, which will help them open up to you more. Another common one is the standout effect. You know that whatever is kind of the same as everything else or everyone else is not memorable. It is the opposite of memorable. That is something you won't even notice, let alone remember later. Anything you want people to notice, you make it different. And depending on what it is, you can use different shapes, different colors, different sizes. Anything that makes it stand out will make it memorable. At the end of the day, this will probably be the one item, whatever it is, that they will remember. This goes for things, it goes for ideas, and it goes for people too. Clothes, character, demeanor, any and all of it. Another simple trick, particularly when doing things like giving presentations, briefing someone, explaining, is give your hands a purpose. Because a lot of us, when we are talking about something, when we are explaining, we need something in our hands to either show to other people or to do something with it. If your hands are empty and you're not used to it, this can lead you to act in ways that may appear self-conscious because your hands don't know what to do. So if you're presenting, for example, you can just take a pen in your hand or a clipboard or whatever else you might use and keep it in your hands, make use of your hands in any way that is directly linked to what you're doing or not. Another one that has to do with people and relationships is ask for help. And this has to do with what we know as the Ben Franklin effect. You may have heard about it. What it means is a little bit counterintuitive, but it works really well. And it means that if there is somebody you want to improve your relationship with, what you should do is you ask them a favor. And it can be something very small. But the fact is, the act of giving a favor to another person, it makes us feel involved with that person and it makes us closer. This is counterintuitive because you might think that if somebody helps me, this is something they did for us and we owe them and we are at a worse position than before. And this is not the case. If you ask a small favor of someone, this is a great opportunity to bond. And unless you do something weird, they will actually like you more for it. So this is a rapport tip. By the way, when it comes to introducing yourself and building rapport, there are other useful things. For example, when you're introducing yourself to the other person, or they are introducing themselves to you. There are things that you can do to make it more pleasant and more memorable, you could say. Because when you're introducing yourself to the other person, to most people, this is a kind of emotionally charged moment where we find it difficult to remember the other person's name. Now, if that happens, it's perfectly okay 
to ask for the name later. Or even right away, if you didn't hear it well, or just wasn't focused. Because it shows that you care, you want to know the name. It's not a bad thing. When it comes to instant rapport and eye contact, which is a very big part of it, some people find it difficult to look the other person in the eye and have it be natural and pleasant. A little trick that you might use is you look the other person in the eye and you try to remember the color of their eyes. This will cause you to look deeper into their eyes than they're used to, while at the same time make it less uncomfortable, unless you do it too much. Another psychological trick is what we sometimes call the IKEA effect. What this means is we feel much stronger about things we build ourselves than something that other people give us finished. There are different areas of one's life where you can use this. For example, for me as an English teacher, I always try to make the student as involved in their own learning and as responsible for the result as I can. And I don't do it just to make my work easier, which it does do too, but I do it because it works the best for the student and it makes them the most motivated. Even when students sign up for a class, there is a big difference if I sign them up or if they have to do specific things to get in touch and sign up themselves. The more a person gets involved in the creation of something, the more they value it. If you give somebody a gift, unless it has sentimental value because it reminds them of you, that gift in itself has almost no value at all. So let people work for what they want. You're doing this for them. Another one is reward positive action with positive body language. What this means is we communicate mostly unconsciously and mostly non-verbally. When you're talking to another person, you're exchanging words, but your bodies do something completely different. They talk to each other without you being aware of it much. And you can have positive body language that is open and friendly, and you can have negative body language. So whenever another person does something positive or useful or friendly, you can reward them using positive body language. This could be something as simple as a smile or engaging them in some positive way. This is something we all do in positive and negative ways all the time, but it's really useful to become aware of it because quite often we don't reward positive action or even punish it unconsciously. Another one that's especially useful for negotiation is set the bar real high at first. Now, expert salesmen know this trick and they use it a lot because what happens is if you can be really self-confident, if you, let's say, set the price real high or maybe you're negotiating for pay rise or for your salary at your next position, if you act confident and you set the bar really high, this will make the prospective employer very interested. Because most people won't do that. They don't have the guts. They don't believe in themselves as much. So what happens is this 
price or this salary will be set too high, but that is okay, because this is not what you are going for. Then you can negotiate with the other person and meet them in the middle, which will be higher than you otherwise would get. So you're only setting the price too high as a means to get where you actually want to be and have the other person feel good about it. Another one has to do with workflow and working in general. And it is splitting the tasks into small manageable chunks. This is probably a favorite of mine. It is something I do every day and it makes work so much easier and way more fun. What happens is most of us think about all kinds of tasks that we have to do that day and we kind of jump from one to the other. So what I do is I always focus on one thing at a time and it will be the smallest thing possible, something that only takes a few minutes. And I only focus on that thing. Then I look at the clock and give myself a deadline of, let's say, five minutes. So I want to do it as quickly and as efficiently as I can. Then I can do the same with the next piece, with the next chunk. And what happens after a little bit of practice, you get into the flow state where you don't even realize how time passes. You're efficient as you work, focusing on one thing at a time. This is the best mindset that you can have for ideal productivity. Use it every day, you'll swear by it. The next one has to do with positive body language again. And this one is about the answers that you give people as you interact with them. I call it the good point effect, meaning somebody suggests something, they tell you about their idea, you praise them for it, you tell them they have a good idea, it's a good point, or anything that is positive that shows that you hear the other person and you acknowledge them and their idea. Again, something we don't do as much, we think we do, but we often don't. It makes a big difference in relating to other people. Another big one is the great expectation effect. And this is something that I know that I fail at, or I don't do it as much as I know I should. Bad me. What this one is, is whatever you expect of people, you're leading them to act that way. For example, if you don't expect much of people, or if you only expect the worst, they will pick it up. They won't think about it much but they will see through your body language. They will see it in how you act, how you talk to them, all of it. And then their performance will suffer for it. On the other hand, if you really expect the best out of people and you tell them and you act like you do, you'll make it much easier and more natural for them to do their best. This is a huge thing that can be difficult to do for people who have a tendency to be negativistic or distrustful. It may take some time to remedy this one, but it will be worth it big time. So this is the little bag of tricks for this week. Each one of them is a powerful psychological technique. Some of them are simple, some of them look simple, and they're not. But every one of them is very powerful when mastered and can make a significant difference 
even if you just take note of what's going on in each one of these and make an honest effort to do a little bit better. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. Remember that learning is a change of behavior. Any positive change you make and keep has a cumulative effect that'll make your life even better. If you found anything useful or interesting in this episode, please share it with your friends. You can reach me at pdartofsd at gmail.com. Talk to you again soon. In the meantime, leave the world better than you found it.